Hey everyone, it's me, Sean Capri, and welcome to We The Gamer Cast. It publishes every single Monday here at youtube.com slash carpoolgaming and on podcast services around the world. Thank you guys so much for being here, for telling your mom, for telling your dad, for telling your friends, for telling everybody in your in your message. Thanks for, for mailing a pen pal about We The Gamer Cast. I'm so thankful that you guys are here. I am ready to rock. I am on vacation. I've got a different setup here. Everything is different. It feels weird but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because in case you're new, here's the deal. Every week I have sweet hangs with strangers from the internet. And if you want to be on the show, it's pretty easy. Just tweet at me at Sean Capri. Sean like Connery, Capri like the pants. And yes, um, I'm, I'm recording this on my laptop, which is a little bit strange. I'm not able to hear the music to kind of like intro everything because um, I didn't bring it with me. I didn't prepare well enough for this, but man, I, you, you get into a routine for sure. I don't know how many, we don't number the episodes here, but you can see in the, in the podcast feed is hundreds of episodes. And I always do it the same. It's very rare for me to actually do a We The Gamer cast on the road. I've done other shows, I guess, like this, but I guess maybe mostly I plan ahead, I guess. Um, what happened here is I get to talk to Drellish and Delroy from the community, and they're over in Germany, so time zones kind of make things a little bit more complicated, but we made it work. I recorded it here from my, I guess, hotel room. is kind of like a condo, if, uh, if that makes any sense. We rented an Airbnb. Chelsea's here to do a, a wedding, so we made a family vacation of it. And things are great, man. I'm so glad you guys are here. I'm not going to spend a whole heck of a lot of time in this intro other than to say thank you to the nearly 90 patrons at patreon.com slash carpoolgaming, especially our ultimate producers, Robbie Bobby Miller, Tony Baker from Quest for Pixels at youtube.com slash Quest for Pixels, Dallas Ford, the co-host of The Blame Game, along with Argo, please support them on YouTube, Emily O'Kelly, Trucker Sloth, Jonathan Brown, whose album In My Element is waiting for you on Apple Music and Spotify. Lee Navarro, my guest last week, he's the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. Please join the team and support all of our ultimate producers. The link's super easy for you guys. There in the show notes. Our platinum producers, Brendan Myers, Marcus McCracken, Becky Rubin Navarro, RJ Kern, and Skinny Matt. And our gold members, Anna Argo, Cecily Carroza, Dallas Robbins, Drellish, Foolish Fuji, Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, Nagachaka, The Snack Network, and Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots. You guys are incredible. My goodness gracious. We drove to Kelowna, which um, for those in the... I don't even know how to describe it. Like It's it's in the mountains. It's kind of past the mountains, I guess. We, uh, we, we went from one side of the prairies in Canada. We drove through the mountains. Uh, and we've ended up here in the Okanagan. It's it's just amazing. You gotta look it up, actually. And I, I posted a picture on Twitter. Um, we got a spectacular view out of our a, a condo. I get we're on the we're on the eighth floor. In case anybody was wondering, but we've got a pool. Which why would you go to the pool? Because we've got just a a stupidly huge lake out there. And it, we had a great time yesterday. Maybe a little bit too much sun, but uh, dealing okay with that. And. Just grateful that we could come out and do this, man, and grateful that my family understands that this is that this podcasting is hugely important to me. And Chelsea took the kids and went to the grocery store, and she went to go pick up her mom. So we're going to be hanging out with her a little bit later on. But created some space in this small area that we're not really used to, like this kind of hotel ish space for me to do this. And um, yeah, just feeling grateful for that. And also, my heart is full because of the conversation that you guys are about to hear. I just had it. So we're doing some time travel stuff here with Drellish and Delroy, who um, who met up at Gamescom and who really met pers- uh, uh, first through the Discord. And thanks to wonderful friendships that 
we've all been connecting with uh, over the years, certainly with the trophy room with Bad Bit and Mr. K Step over there, Kyle Stevenson. Our friendship and having our communities kind of meet each other. Now we're going to be focusing a little bit of our conversation on Gamescom, the Backtrackers, which is our video game book club that we're going to talk quite a bit about the the first portion of this conversation with, and where Gamescom can go. And probably the biggest thing that I love about this conversation is just the focus on friendship and relationships and how video games are just kind of the thing that get us started and what wonderful people we've been able to meet on this journey of ours. So I'm not going to waste any more time. Why don't we jump into my wonderful conversation? I hope you guys enjoy it with Drellish and Delroy D&D. Oh, were you guys? Oh, you guys just saw each other. <laughs> uh, great, but for the first time, so mm. which was fantastic. So, um, yeah, uh, Jerry is as cool as as he looks in real life. Uh, seriously, yeah. so. I'll bet. <laughs> who's, who's surprised? Like, who's taller or shorter than you thought? I I what? expected. Uh, I think we're gonna go Josh, right? Uh, and not yeah, Delroy. So, whatever yeah, works so, for me. I expected I expected Josh to be like way too like one meter ninety. So. Um, and I was actually quite relieved that he wasn't. <laughs> you, you, you know I'm, you know I'm half Japanese, right? Yeah, but hey, who, who, who knows, right? <laughs> Picturing like this slender man, like going through the forest and everything, Jeez, just man. nothing but legs I mean, and arms. Focuses on half Japanese, right? So <laughs> there you go. There the you other go. half is tall. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, funny. So you uh, but it's good to see her. you guys. Good to Sorry. see you. Good to see you. No, that's all right. Um, I'm so curious to hear about Gamescom. I saw a bunch of the pictures. It looks like you guys had an absolute blast. I don't know who wants to kind of like jump in. Michael, well, Michael is your first time on the show, yeah, actually. Exactly. And and by the way, I'm going to say this now before it, um, before the end when I make you know the, the empty promises I've made to other people. I need <laughs> to get you alone on the show as well because you and I have plenty to discuss, my friend. Um, uh, we should have history, still... but we don't, right? <laughs> no kidding. Well, that's that's the thing. It's like I, I feel the same with Josh. I feel the same with so yeah. many so many friends yeah. that I've I've met on this. It's like, how have we how have we actually not met in person? You know, and I don't know. Maybe I'll start there. Was it? Did you guys feel that like you'd already met kind of in person when you first saw each other? Like, talk to me about like how you guys ended up meeting up like for the first time at Gamescom. Obviously, you planned it ahead, but like, where did you meet and what was that? What was that like? Do you want to start? Josh? No, you, you got it. You're the you're the star here, man. Like, uh, like no, said, uh, <laughs> I've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, incredibly chill. I mean, there's always, you know, some kind of, you know, uh, nervousness when meeting someone live for the first time. And you, you, go, you know, you, you're going through some thoughts of, you know, uh, will they be like what you experienced them uh, in, you know, virtually? You know, will you get on with his wife, right? So, you know, mm. all, all those, no, all those topics because uh, you haven't met and uh, you haven't met in 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 a real physical environment. And let's be honest, right? Meeting at Gamespawn is like not. I mean, it's it's a neutral ground, but it's a stressful environment, right? There are thousands of people, right, wanting to see games, and and within that crowd, you're trying to find each other. And I think we struggled for about twenty minutes to kind of, you know. Uh, get hold of each other per se um 
and we send each other, you know, maps where we are and where we're standing. And, you know, I'm on top of the escalator, you know, next to a specific booth. And then you realize there are like six escalators going up to that floor. So which one are you talking about? <laughs> so so um, that sort of thing. But I think immediately we we just clicked. I mean, it's yeah. it's almost like, you know, that whole kind of pre- thing that was happening in your mind all, all those all those thoughts and all that all that fear and you know, the feeling of not perhaps not being adequate um mm. that disappeared it's like you know when two people meet and you don't really have much to say or you don't need to have to say a lot in order to keep a connection going or or you know, to, to, to develop a sort of artificial connection that is there. Um, hey, man, and, and, and with Josh, I feel like, you know what, we could be silent for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, but be totally in tune with each other. And I think that's, uh, that's what I really appreciate about, 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 uh, about Josh. Yeah. And Josh, you guys ended up connecting, if I'm correct, this is through the backtrackers, like that's kind of maybe some of the history. Where... where before that like actually i think um josh we got into your kind of like intro story michael did you come did you find us from the trophy room i feel like that's kind of like where everybody kind of comes that's from. that's exactly it i yeah. i was pranking you actually um <laughs> yeah. if you, and it's basically you know of what bad bit was doing of what joe was doing because he's always talking you know shit in in brackets mm -hmm. about you um and i it was kind of half truth, right? So who's Sean Capri? And you remember, uh, it's about a year ago, whenever, and I, I did this whole thing with some images, who's Sean Capri, and, and, and uh, <laughs> build up this whole, right, this whole aura about you. Um, and then I thought, you know what, just stop it. Maybe you're taking it a little bit too far, because um, I'm quite reflective about those things. Um, and then I did, and that's actually how I really started in off in that community. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, with all the channels that were there. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Sony boy. Uh, Backtracker started. They were like one or two games. I said, you know what? I never really played those games, and I, I and I wish I had. And and I don't actually really know, Josh. I mean, how we, what the initial connection was. I seriously can't remember. I felt mm -hmm. like you know I was there and. I immediately it's felt the him. German I connection. I, that might be the title of the episode. I didn't episode. know that. I seriously didn't know that, Sean. I didn't. I, I oh. knew way later that he was in Germany. Um, uh, so I thought he. That's is, how strong know, it is. You don't need yeah. to know specifically. <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah. just, it's there. It's a mental thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was the schnitzel. That's that's what. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what did it. So. <laughs> Yes, it was. <laughs> so really, I mean, but you guys get into like, you know, we talk a lot about the backtrackers here and there. Um, and it's like we say what it is, which is the surface level stuff. Like it's a video game book club. But like really what it is, is <laughs> a, a place for club. you guys. Not a book club. Not right. A... <laughs> right. Like tell me more about like that, because I agree. But like, what does that mean to you, Michael? I think I, th I think book club per se the way that we know it, and I think the images that we get in our mind, I think for everyone it's kind of different. Uh, and mm -hmm. for me, it's like, you know, the old ladies, you know, with a cup of tea and a cup of coffee, <laughs> right, getting together. I mean, in the heydays of a book club was only when Oprah had her book club because then she had like a, a major following. And we discussed about the book and our insights. Um, and, I, and I do feel that game 
adds just another dimension, adds another level in there because it's it's an interaction that reading doesn't bring along, right? Um, mm. Where we're experiencing other dimensions of the game. Um, and so I think that it, it needs a better name, right? Um, because there are many more dimensions than just, as I said, reading some lines and 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 um, reflecting, you know, how those lines resonate with you. It's a, it's a much more physical. It's a much more. Uh, it's a much bigger mental experience uh, that you go there. So I think we do need to find it. I'm I'm not sure whether people find the word book club sexy. Um, mm. I, I don't know, right? So, I mean, one of the goals that we have as backtrackers, I mean, there are more than one goal, but one of them would be you want to grow the community. And I'm kind of thinking, you know, maybe calling it a book club is like, oh, well, maybe people don't really understand what that the nature of interaction is that actually happens there, right? Which for me is unlike a book club. I'm not underlining anything. Uh, I might I might record some thoughts, obviously, uh, when we get the questions a few days before we meet as backtrackers. Um, but for me, it's a very, very different. It's a very, very different uh, experience, and perhaps way more niche than what a book club perhaps would be. So, do you, do you think, Michael, that that's inherent to the fact that it's surrounded around video games, or is there something like I give a huge amount of credit to Josh and to Marcus for creating the thing, but like, is this basically exactly what you would have expected from a quote video game book club or is there something else kind of happening here? Cause it seems to me like when I, when I joined for life is strange, I was so taken aback by the level of care and thought and even vocabulary and the different angles of thought that people were coming in at. Like, I don't know, like that part of me thinks it is just the fact that it's video games. And one of the things I've discovered through this show is how surprising it is to meet all these different people and the way they think, bringing those people together, surrounding around a, a medium that is so interactive and individual to each person. You put that all together and then all of a sudden you have something very special. But I think it's the connections that is really the thing that's surprising me out of this, like which is inherent and, and, and evident by the fact that you guys are joining me today. If that makes any sense, <laughs> I'll, I'll let I'll I'll let Josh. Uh, He's putting it all together. <laughs> well, all I took away from all of that uh, uh, from Michael was that the back checkers needs to be more sexy. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's goal number one. I need to get back with Marcus on that later and tell him. Um, we, okay, well, we'll line up. Him. We got to line up Nagachaka for some photo shoots, anyways. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. The, the back checkers, uh, back checkers swimsuit calendar. There you go. There you go. Be careful. Be careful because, well, Patreon goal. Um, this is the thing is, Josh. It's great to have you back on the show today because. Uh, the la I think it was the last time because yeah I think I had your wife on before mm -hmm. um, since but you and I talked about wouldn't it be amazing to have a video game book club and then I went well let's just see what happens when the community takes us on like this was a very purposeful thing for a variety of reasons one of which is the a time thing um, but also I just felt like there'd be so special to be to be able to like t take a step back and see what happens because this community is so engaged and it's like, well, we don't have to like Ryan and I don't have to lead everything. And actually it's going to look and feel the same if we do. And I, the backtrackers is unique because it's not me. 
because it's not Ryan or now Court or Cato or anybody else. Like it's driven by by you guys. So it's kind of an interesting kind of retrospective here, Josh, to kind of look back and go, damn, the last time we talked, it was like it was this concept. Wouldn't it be cool if? And then mm. you've kind of taken away from here. So I don't know if you've ever really taken a chance to think back on any of that or if you're just busy executing now. Well, I mean, I want to be clear, like Marcus and I are, you know, I, I, I can speak for Marcus. I would say like we, we are not the leaders of this thing. We are shepherds. Like that's how I think of us. We this this thing is not a thing without the Michaels without the, you know, the Matts mm-hmm. and, and, you know, even the Seths and everyone else that joins in, we have some new, some new guys, um, you know, that, that have been showing up more recently. Um, I hope he doesn't mind me using his name, but Cade um, has been coming and, you know, we, 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 th- th- that's the, I mean, that's the core. I call it the core. And when I talk to Marcus about it, yeah. I say that, you know, this is the core and uh, you know, whatever else we get on top of that to me is gravy. And, you know, we, we, we want to see, we want to see this grow, you know, more because we want to hear more voices and we want to hear, you know, more perspectives. And that's interesting to meet new people. Um, but, but, but it's, but it's not just about Marcus and I, we, we're, we're lucky. Like I, I tell Michael this all the time too, offline, like I'm blessed. Like I tell you this all the time, don't I? I'm, I'm yeah, blessed. Absolutely. I'm, I'm absolutely blessed to be in the position and trust that I'm trusted to, you know, to facilitate any of this and that Sean's, you know, given us a platform and, you know, that's, you know, part of it's because he's too lazy to do it himself. <laughs> I'm totally. Just yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving you grief. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's a cool thing and it's something that I look forward to, you know, the once a month or once every three weeks that we do it um, to the point where, you know, we're, you know, I'm, I'm going to make it a point to, you know, try to get us together between sessions, just to, just to chit chat and, you know, connect, connect on a, on a, on a, even a non-video game level. Like it doesn't need to be about video games. It could be about, you know, just life and, you know, just like mm-hmm. married to the games, right? Games in life, you know, life and games. That's, that's how I want to be too. And, yeah, um, you know, what, as far as like what Michael was saying about it being a book club, I mean, it's not, it's not quite what it is. Um, although I will say like, you know, we, we could definitely start a, a book club for video games because I'm reading that I'm reading uh, Kojima's book and good Lord, there's a lot to unpack there. So it is a, uh, it is a, uh, it is quite the book. <laughs> and this is in, the in, sickness in you guys. You yeah. This is exactly what happens. Like you, you're having, and this is why I love not having really like not driving it forward because uh, it allows for this sort of thing to kind of take place. I would never have imagined a sort of mid meetup kind of meetup kind of thing like where you have like your specified dates where you're going to talk about the game but even before that you're going to have a a scheduled kind of like let's just get together and chat that that never in a million years would have been on my mind because i would have been kind of already at my limit as far as like what i can pour out but like so i don't know michael if this is sort of getting into delegation and leadership i'm sure you and i will talk about uh in our next conversation but it's like (laughs) it's so it's so gratifying to just see like this group of people come together and meet and play video games the other side of it is i wouldn't be able to play the game like all the games i've gotten to maybe like one of the games um that was life is strange and kind of just like biding my time although the the rest of the year i don't know how you guys are feeling about this michael like the rest of the year is a bunch of i mean splatoon's coming out the last of us part Mm -hmm. one is coming out like we're we're starting to hit this like final quarter of the year do you get like kind of freaked out about this plus backtrackers or is it still manageable do you think (laughs) That's interesting. It's um, I hadn't thought I of that. Oh no! Now the panic sets in. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I think this being freaked out is, um, is something that I'm familiar with. Um, and I think the nice thing about about backtrackers, and I really want to highlight it, um, you don't need to finish the game to actually yeah, join. Yeah, well said. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, 
you know, share with us your experience. And even, and uh, we've had this um, uh, Taylor Trevor or Trevor Taylor, you know, what I mean, TPR. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to come up with <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, so Trevor, uh, Trevor, known as Taylor, um, you know, he's joined us a few times. I think I, I, can, I, can, I can remember once he says, guys, I haven't played the game, but I just want to hang. Sweet. I just want to see what you guys, you know, what you guys think, what your experience was. And I think what makes us maybe different than a book club is we go beyond, and, and this is not just, you know, onus on me. It's everybody brings something of themselves in there. And mm-hmm. it's not just a rational thing. It's basically, yeah, sure. What are you thinking? What did it make you think? You know, where does it push the envelope with regards to how you see the world? But also, what does it do to you emotionally? And everybody is on a different level with regards to how they can open up uh, and, and talk about their emotions and, and, and what it has done with them um, or, or not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is really where, I think that's what makes it, that's what makes it special. That's what makes it different. And uh, it really is a safe space for people just to, you know, um, tell them what, uh, you know, what this game has done with regards to their outlook on, on life. And, uh, and I think that's what video games are supposed to be, right? At the end, it's more than just entertainment, right? Um, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm wondering too, because yeah, the, the, the conversation I was part of, like I said, is life is strange. There's been a couple of games that I think are a little bit more on the narrative and emotional side, but is there an example, Josh, of like a, just a video game, video game, like just a game for a game's sake? Or do you find yourself kind of like catering the uh, the selections to a little bit more that like spark more of that emotional type of conversation? Because I think it could go both ways. Like you could just have like a, this is Tetris. And like, there's Absolutely. not, you know, like there's not a, not an emotional journey, at least not yet. Unless maybe, maybe Tetris effect, maybe Tetris that's, effect that's could have we were, something like it's that. It's the funny thing. We were just talking about that. Um, t- to answer your question, I guess, uh, I mean, we started off with Death Door, and I think that's a gamer game. Yeah, um, that, that, that is that is a mechanics mm. heavy. I call it a Marcus O'Neill game. Um, you know, <laughs> and then and then you know, and then we went to uh, um, what was it? Um, Forgotten City, and I, and I think oh, yeah. that's more of a, a narrative piece, right? Yeah. You know, right now we're pl- you know we played Stanley Parable recently, which I would say is more of a narrative kind of a piece. But now we've moved into. Uh, I mean, I picked Arcade Paradise. I was lucky enough to pick that, and it's it is a very much a simulator kind of mechanics based game it's not boring but it's it's not like a you know it's not like uh lawnmower similar simulator but it's it is it has a story but it's more focused on the game the gameplay um and 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 design so i think that we do a really good job mixing both now as far as you know you mentioned tetris like i i have this crazy idea where like i want to combine you know you you said you need to start thinking all these crazy thoughts and uh, one of them is I think it'd be really cool to do something like two games and the games could be something like Tetris effect and res or Tetris effect. And, um, Oh, what is that game? Sayonara, Sayonara wild hearts. Like, Oh, interesting. And, and talk about like, cause there, cause there, there, there's music and there's, they mm-hmm. rely on sound and music to tell their stories and to evoke emotion. And, uh, you know, how, how do those, how do those games compare and contrast and what do they do well? And, you know, I, I, I think about things like, you know, can we look at two games from the same developer, you know, that are and, and see how they've grown. Um, I know that the uh, I think it was at Gamescom. They just announced it. Now they're doing that thing with Brandon, the, the Subnautica developers. They're doing the thing with Brandon Sanderson and the minifigs now. 
um but they you know every one of their games is like different and to see them doing this new thing it's you know it's another different thing that they're doing you know and to kind of think about you know how they grow and what's working for them and what's not um I think about things like, you know, a back checkers mini where, you know, just the, where, you know, a group of us get together and we play like a little mobile game, um, you know, on the side. And mm-hmm. I don't know, there's, you start thinking about lots of things like that, but to answer you, yeah, I mean, really it's, it's, it's a mix of both. And it's really what whoever, you know, whoever ends up picking for whatever, you know, for whatever reason, wh- what are they feeling? And the rest of yeah. us, you know, it's our jobs to get behind it, whether we're, you know, whether I'm, you know, jammed to play, you know, Boyfriend Dungeon or not, like, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, the, you know, Boyfriend Dungeon. I was like, oh, Boyfriend Dungeon. I kind of dabbled with it, but then I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go into this because, mm-hmm. you know, I want, I want Dave to know, you know, that, that I got his back and I want him to know that I'm interested to play what he wants to play. And so like, you give it your own. Wow. Like, holy, holy crap. You know, this is, this is, you know, there's a lot to unpack here. You know, there's a lot to talk about here. And and I think as long as we all have that attitude, we're doing each other, you know, a, a favor, and we're doing the games a favor. Michael, is that kind of where your mind has been at? Because that is definitely mm-hmm. a noble. That's that's something I want to hang on for a second. The the notion of I don't want to play this game. It's not hitting my radar at all. But I've developed this friendship and relationship with this other person, and I want to experience the things that excite them. That actually gives me chills to think about. Because <laughs> how often has there been a time where something means so much to you and you're just like this is me with the last of us and my parents i just want to like sit them down and go like this is ellie like this mm-hmm. that's kind of what you're able to get at and there's this bond with with the crew with the with the backtrackers it's like yeah i i'm gonna play this like talk to me about that that notion of playing something that I, might be I outside that your the, comfort the, zone the perfect example here was shikari where after the first chapter mm. of playing shikari everybody was saying oh, game of the year blah 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 wow. you should play it right and after the first chapter, I said, mm, okay, chapter two. Mm. <laughs> and I rode back into the into the Discord group, into the backtrack. We said, guys, I, you know, this ain't doing anything for me. I mean, I appreciate it, but you know what? I went to art school. You know, I have a little bit, bit of an art background. Um, you know, I, I consider myself creative and it's just, it just ain't hitting. Yeah. And, and there we said, hey, stop, play something else and that's okay. But then I said, you know what? Let me let me put that aside and let me stick with the game a bit more. And this is one of the one of the games that I did a total 180 on because yeah. it's like an onion, right? So I stuck with chapter three, I discovered something new, and I said, Oh, okay, this is interesting. I didn't expect this, chapter four or chapter five, right? Some more game mechanics coming into play. And very different from the triple A games, right? The triple A games try and you know give you all the tutorial within the first chapter or so. Right, and then you know what this game is about, and that I came with that mindset into Chicory, and I did not realize that this game is like an onion. That every chapter you go to, there is a new game mechanic that is, that is introduced, uh, there is a new element that lets you experience the game in a very different way. And I'm really glad that I gave that a chance because it seriously opened up my mind with regards to how great indie games can be. Um, yeah, and uh, I ended up ended up loving it. But you know, the first two chapters said. You know, it's not doing anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so yeah. that's, that's what backtrackers does. Right. So, well, and I, this is the thing when I, again, I only had the one experience, but even just kind of like reliving this through you guys here in this moment, it's like, it's a different side of the coin. It's as far as like the content that I'm creating with Ryan and Courtney and the team, it's a little bit more like 
review based it's a little bit more like this is the latest thing that that's happening so there it feels like for me and whether this is right or wrong it feels like there's a different obligation which isn't to a person it's not to a friend it's to the game or perhaps even to like the audience and far down the road um to the whoever provided the code or whatever um the obligation here if i can even call that doesn't even sound like the right word to use but like the the connection to complete the game is much more organic and lovely like it's it to play it for somebody else to have look forward to the conversation with a group of friends like it's it's so nicely self-contained it's not it's not tainted by anything else that comes along with kind of content creation and oddly enough it's like that's kind of why many of us get into it to begin with is to have exactly what you guys have created with the backtrackers many of us do that but the it's the audience it's it's the I don't know, like it's not as personal, which is a huge reason why Ryan and I really wanted to focus on, okay, well, that's always going to be an element of it. But where does community come into it? Because to me, that's much more fulfilling and probably even like sustainable and maybe even gratifying to anybody who gets to be a part of it. I think you guys are an excellent example of this. I'm getting like, I'm getting chills. Like now I need to just, what's what's the current game? What am I missing out on right now? What are you guys, what are you guys playing, Michael? Go for it. Arcade Paradise. Uh, and oh, snap. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's basically you like you're, you're the one. business owner. You're taking over the business from your dad. It's a laundry, basically a laundrette, I think is what you call it. Um, and uh, your love for arcade gaming uh, gets started somewhere, and you start changing your father's business without him knowing. And uh, yeah, it's all about uh, running a profitable <laughs> business, playing arcade games, uh, and making that a reality. So that's the way that I would uh, summarize at least the journey that you're on. Uh, well, playing right. this game. So, a, a laundromat, we call them. A laundromat. There we a go. Laundromat. I like laundrette. Laundrette yeah. <laughs> sounds like very, very French. Yeah. Very French. It's yeah. very European. Uh, it's sexy uh, to watch your clothes. Yeah, there you so. go. See, there's that back checker sexy we're talking about, right? Yeah. Well, speaking of Western Europe, where are you guys close to each other in Germany? Like, are you like a town over from each other? Like, how? We're, what's the connection between We're about, I think, a two, two and a half, three hour drive okay. um, from each other. So, yeah, so um, like just far enough to not have coffee every Saturday. Exactly. So I'm way more northwest, and he's kind of more center in the middle of Germany, close to yeah. Frankfurt. So, yeah. Michael, what's the difference really between like where you two live, like in terms of like lifestyle or landscapes or anything? It's, or is there it's much? different? It's like it's like it's it's called Hessen, so they have a a, a, a different mindset, a very very different language. Um, mm-hmm. So in, in oh, in, interesting in cultural terms um yeah they take so so people from hessen take much longer to come to the point uh they're not as direct as perhaps people in in the north um they're perhaps also a little bit a little bit more chill and we are way more i think linear in our thinking way more action oriented um but that's (laughs) not the way that i experienced yeah that's not the way that i experienced josh though i mean josh at the end of the day is an expat um (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, and he takes many and he's not american he's not a typical american um and i'm also also say that brie the way that i experienced uh, your wife josh uh also not typically american the thing that she didn't do was like to say hi michael so nice to meet you so you know the the, t- the typical right the typical thing that 
I think American stereotypes would do. So that was not Brie at all. So no, there's there's not a there's not a a bone of uh, a shard of phony in her. She's she's <laughs> yeah. very real, and so um, what you see is what you get with her. And, yeah. and uh, well, she's great. She she's she's great, and uh, you know I'm blessed ever. Like, can you can you imagine like? dragging your wife along to gamescom like you know most most people's wives or you know husbands or whatever their their significant other that's not into gaming is not gonna do that and she's you know my wife's had uh you know Bree's had five hip surgeries and you know all this and she's you know walking around in hard cement for you know for 12 hours and she's she's just a trooper um she's amazing and uh yeah, she's just like Michael saying, like she's just chill, like she's just down Absolutely. to do whatever, and it's it makes it easy. I, I wanted to go back though and say, like Michael, you know, well, he was saying, you know, there's some nervous meeting, and um, for for me, uh, as soon as as soon as like Mike, Michael wrote me, we, we finally connected, and like he said, it took about 20 minutes, and we met in uh, right in front of in the uh, the retro kind of area exactly in the in the arena yeah yeah and so he's like you know just turned around up behind you know and so i turned around and i saw him and he just (laughs) you know walked up and gave him a hug and as soon as i gave him you know as soon as we you know you know hugged it was just like things are cool like to me you know it's just like this is this is my dude um you know and i feel like i'd be like that with any of them nagachaka or you know i'd be like that with seth i'd be like that with uh marcus you know like, i bet seth gives the best hugs oh my gosh you know, you know, <laughs> oh my goodness with gracious that, with, that, with that beard with, with his beard just, you know, i'm gonna like, compete yeah, with seth i'm yeah. gonna compete with him to kind of see who gives the best hugs so, <laughs> but i'm gonna compete with him so there we but, go but I, it's I, a I challenge do, i do want to say like you know we I, I like the, the games are fun. Like yeah. I have a heart, I have a heart for the games and I have a heart for um, highlighting smaller games. And I have to remember, I need to balance that a lot of times and realize I play a lot of weird stuff. Like, you know, the, the, the Delroy games, like there's the Marcus games and there's the Delroy games. And I, I play, need posters you know, of this, by the way, I want to have right. like a Delroy. And I think I talked about this on a recent episode of like, I want to have like, so-and-so's picks like these are your games and they can get kind of like listy like that but i that's an idea that's on my whiteboard back at home right now so i i want to just wanted to highlight that for a second because that's a thing yeah Yeah. every like the like ryan turford games oh my goodness gracious like we're definitely like that and and i have to remember though it's not just about highlighting games because and i have a heart for this like i've talked about this a lot but it's you know these are how these smaller developers eat you know they they yeah. they don't who's going to talk about their games if we don't and uh you know i want people to experience the things i have like chicory like michael never played chicory and i just played it and he gave it a chance and it's it's not you know it may not be assassin's creed it may not be the last of us but it sure is a heck of a game and mm-hmm. so you know i think about that but i also need to remember that it's about the, the community is what makes me happy i don't care what we play in the end like mm-hmm. when i get there that's what it's about and 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 the in the 21 to 30 days in between when i'm talking to michael every other day or i'm talking to marcus and he's sending me pictures of his kid and you know michael's telling me about work and matt's showing me a picture of his uh his peanut butter jelly and pickle sandwich and then i'm sending one back to him (laughs) and and i oh no man it's good you got to try it and i'm saying pickle you know what i should i do subscribe to that thought i have not tried it i should not knock until i try it but you got to admit on paper that don't 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 roll the way that matt does though he went uh he did he said here's my peanut butter and jelly and uh, pickle sandwich and he put almond butter on that and i almost lost my mind because that's a that's just not a peanut butter sandwich 
What the heck you is know? that? Yeah, yeah, no, I would no, I won't, no, I'm, <laughs> uh, I, I go regular ingredients. That's that's okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Type, does it the, the type of pickle matter? Like, is you got yep, like dill pickle? I'm imagining. Got to be a dill. And let me let me just let me just tell you too. The 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 pickle it needs to be the little the little ooh what's that the oh my is that, is that a pickle it can't be like yo this is a pickle sandwich you know what I mean so just make a little little hint of pickle what's that pickle yeah, okay but, got but, it but anyway the, the the point is um you know it, it's the time in between and and that yeah. is like I mean that is so like it is it's incredible like I tell you know I tell Brie all the time like it's you know, she, she's familiar with, you know, with their families too. Cause I talked to them, I've talked about all these, like I know these people. And so like when yeah. Michael was telling me, you know, uh, or, you know, he said earlier, we, you know, it was kind of awkward. Like this is my dude. I know him. Like mm. he's, he's my brother. I know this guy. So, um, you know, it's always going to be like that, you know? So, uh, I don't know. It's in, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm weird. I'm, I'm weird and emotional. Well, you're not. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Because at the end of the day, you know, when, whenever I work, and I mean, I, I got, like you, Sean, I also got a new screen, I think, in, in the end of last year. So it's a 30-incher. Yeah. Uh, which, is, which is great, right? So you can mm-hmm. actually do a little bit of work and you have a, a, a bigger surface, right? More space. So I have um, Discord open. And I don't think a week goes by without uh josh and i some somehow exchanging some sort of information non-game related with regards to hey mate where you're at how are things how are you doing um and that's kind of you know come become part of my life um mm-hmm. and it's the same with matthew um you know, marcus is a bit quiet here and there but maybe maybe we can loop in him um but i, I I want to go back to a point that you said earlier, the fact that, you know, you stress about, about games and the amount of games uh, that you have to play. I mean, you're doing the, the podcast or the various podcasts that you want also for a very different reason. It's, you know, it's platform driven, a lot of the things that you do. Mm-hmm. And in order to remain relevant and to have, you know, eyes on you, uh, you, you, you got to, you know, cover the latest, greatest uh, releases and you know for me in in this journey so i'm a 68 model uh which means i'm 54 <laughs> right turning 55 right uh, yeah. next year it's <laughs> so good i'm gonna use that <laughs> yeah but it basically means um i'm freeing myself of wanting to play every game or experience as many games as possible because time-wise you know being a father of a of a 12 year old being a husband uh being self-employed you know looking after my own clients you know working on weekends and whatever um you know that's not easy so so i I perhaps think maybe out of all the pack trackers i i don't have as much time as many of them in brackets need to do or, or or have or or in engage in uh, because I just have other um, areas that that need my focus and need my attention, um, and so for me it really is breaking it down to the three four games that I focus on throughout the year. That I hope we haven't lost Josh by the way. Um, that I want to get the most of, right? So it's going to be an RPG. It's going to be mm-hmm. something or other that that, that the backtrackers. Um, suggested and played so something that maybe went a little bit under the under the radar um and that's gonna be that is gonna be it right so yeah. i just finished the last of us part one i know the game is i don't know how 10 years old or whatever mm-hmm. um do you play the ps4 now, remaster exactly and now yeah. was the right time for me to play it and finish yeah. it 
You yeah. know, when I when I started it, it was The Walking Dead, and you know, watching four or five seasons uh, uh, of that, I said, you know what, I can't do any more zombie slash children slash survival games. I need a break. It's just you know, the world is a is a better place um, <laughs> than that, uh, and I needed that time. And so it's okay now to to have done that and to reflect you know, what the story means for me 10 years later, right? Mm -hmm. In what way can I identify with it? Can I identify with Joel and, you know, the way that the game ended, right? Um, yeah, fully. Um, and so I don't think that we need to be under this constant pressure because it's never ending. Um, yes, yeah? that is that is yeah. the absolute best way to put it. It's never ending. And that's the yeah. kind of like you get yourself into this circular thoughts, I think, as a content creator. And I'm, I've chatted about this with a few others as well, who I won't name. But it's yeah, you, like you get around E3 time and you're like, OK, well, here's E3 again. And it's exciting and everything. But like the 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 repetitive nature of it, I think, can undermine maybe a little of the magic that you were kind of first getting into it with. And it, I'm hoping that maybe a year from now we sit down and have this conversation as well, because I'm starting to see the light, Michael. I think I'm starting to mm -hmm. see the I don't need to play the latest and greatest. Um, and there's this little hint of, well, I feel the obligation to to the content and even to my to my peers, like with the courts mm -hmm. and the Ryans and everybody else to make mm -hmm. sure I'm doing doing my part. But I do see a future very similar to what has just happened with the backtrackers where I just go. Ryan and somebody else, like some other, somebody else can do the new stuff. They can do the latest because we gave, we gave Ryan, um, we got him, we got a code for Saints Row. I think he came in on Monday. I think he was done on Wednesday. Like the guy is on another level, you know? So mm -hmm. it's like talking about aligning activities with somebody's strengths. And it's like, that's Ryan. Mm -hmm. Ryan can crush mm -hmm. that. And we'll have to make sure that we stay on touch and st stay in touch with him on that. Because uh, at one point we gave him three, assassin or three ubisoft games in a row it was a, um i think an assassin's creed game watchdogs two or watchdogs legion i think and phoenix immortals, uh, immortals yeah in a row dude put oh. in like 150 maybe 200 hours of ubisoft open world stuff so it's like well somewhere between the two is is probably where we'll land but that's kind of the the most gratifying thing is being able to see, okay, well, Cord is almost becoming a bit of a sports guy, sports games mm. person, mm. and Ryan's got his niche. And then this backtrackers is like another kind of element. So to kind of step back and go, man, this all started because I wanted to do like a blog, you know, like that's just, that is the <laughs> best. I wanted to, I want, and oddly enough, Seth was just talking about this notion of like this time capsule. I was doing a blog about um, being backlogged in my, in my gaming, which I think was, kind of um notable for for most people i was playing older games but as if they were new and writing about it and that kind of all led to one thing led to another thing led to another thing so there's a whole kind of bit of kismet or fate or whatever else we want to unpack from that but the fact that we're chatting here the fact that you guys actually live in germany together of a whole path that led josh to where he is now like i don't know the, the whole crossing paths i think is really interesting but where I'm going to is kind of back where we started. We're doing a Pulp Fiction thing here because I want to go back to Gamescom. If it's okay with you guys, you guys yeah, sure. meet up. And Josh, like, have you ever like, yeah, being somewhat new to Germany, it's not like you're just, you could go anytime. And the last couple of years, I don't think anything was happening with, with Gamescom. This is the first chance that you'd really be able to go. So talk to me about identifying Gamescom's coming up. And maybe this is a thing that you could actually attend this time. 
I mean, as soon as I heard that I can go, it's it's the one conference outside of E3 now that I haven't been to. I've been to TGS in to, you know, actually in Tokyo. We we were lucky enough mm. to do that. Oh um, snap! I, yeah, um, we, I've been to I've been to you know a bunch of PAXs since the since the beginning in PAX you know PAX Prime or whatever it's called now West. You know, I've been to South mm-hmm. by Southwest. I've been to a lot of these kinds of shows, retro gaming shows. But I wanted to go to Gamescom. Um, I mean, it was going to happen as soon as they were, you know, as soon as they were allowing bodies in that building, I was going to yeah. be there, um, you know, and uh, uh, COVID be darned, I guess. But, uh, you know, we, we, we didn't get it, um, you know, yay, it's just good. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I it, it was a no brainer. Like it's, buck, you know, it's bucket list stuff. Now it's, you know, you know, now it's hopefully E3 survives, you know, and we, we can do E3 and maybe, you know, maybe Evo and uh, uh, maybe, mm-hmm. uh maybe an international even though i'm not into that you know that scene but just to go and to do those things um to see communities kind of get together is, is what i'm about I, I will say like with regard to to gamescom you know there was hundreds of thousands of people there and it is crazy how not crowded it feels um interesting so like tgs was much smaller when i went like it was much smaller but it was insanity. Like just, yeah. there were so many people. It was like being in a Japanese train station. Like, you know, it was like, it was like being in, in the middle of Tokyo and uh, it was nuts. Um, PAX, PAX is unbelievable. Like just how many bodies are in there just in close proximity. And, um, but, but Gamescom, it, it's, it's big, but it never felt like ultra crowded like even michael was trying to get in and he was trying to play some game i can't remember what it was but he's like hey i just want to go in and see this and they're like yeah okay but it's like a three-hour wait and he's like no i'm not doing that um the lies of p that's lies what it was lies of p, lies of p. Yeah. Oh, lies of p. oh man three hour wait. Like, yeah and he's like you know we're, we're not you know, i'm not doing that i'm like yeah that's for, you know it's kind of ridiculous but like you would have never known there's a three-hour line at pax there's you you know there's a three hour line believe me just like, looking at him yeah I mean, yeah you know there's a three hour line so um but yeah and, and what's uh, the difference why do they how do they do that are they like hiding people in the basement or what do they do <laughs> i want to just say I'm, i want to call it gen, german engine you know g- german ingenuity german <laughs> ingenuity. engineering of lines exactly. right because uh it, it's like an american you know the americans are like they don't even know what they're doing man like there's people running around everywhere um mm-hmm. but it was very it felt very organized and planning uh, yeah <laughs> so they do uh, it yeah I, I i wanted to speak just a little bit to, to gamescom quickly in in terms of um and, and i think big shows in general mm. my you know my heart's in the the smaller games and and uh it, so i like to visit the indie booths and the smaller booths and you know we spent a lot of our time there uh at gamescom michael and i and brie and uh I, well, I think like the bigger games, the bigger games of the show are games like Lives of P. Um, they, you know, there there weren't what what you saw kind of at opening night live was kind of like, you know, the 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 high end quality of like what you would get. The things that I wanted to see were things like Pentiment and uh, you mm-hmm. know uh, a lot of the a lot of the smaller games. But the problem is, the if you're an indie game. Uh, and you're sitting in in the Microsoft section next to, like the new you know the biggest update for whatever game that's coming out, it is it is not an environment for you, and um, it's not Xbox's fault. It's not you know whoever's fault that that's running the 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 scene, even the indie even the indie booth sections alone. Like if you're up against you know if you're stand if you're if you're an indie game sitting next if you're like a narrative indie game sitting next to an action indie game, 
mm-hmm. it's just not the place for you and yeah. it, you you do not demo well and i i i, I pentiment is super like it's a cool like cool looking game but it's incredibly hard to sit there and demo it even with headphones on because it's, still, it's number one it's still hard to hear what's going on in the game and number two you can't just sit there and read because there's a thousand things going on around you yeah and like I, I i wish that there was a way i don't know if there is a way but you know i hope that they can find a way to give these guys more space so that they can breathe because well, the interesting i've i've thought the same thing um at e3 as well fan fest as well and I remember at the time thinking, I wish that there was a way for people to experience the demos at home. And I think that in a certain way has started to pop up here and there. You see, but but it's almost too much, at least in a, I don't know, maybe this is a, a point of discussion as well. There's something about it being a physical location where you can go walk over. You're choosing how you're going to go spend your time. And once you're there, you're going to be there. But in a digital kind of sense, I'm dancing around the word like metaverse, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just like download a game and then kind of bounce off of it more quickly than maybe you should be like to really get a, a sense of what that game is. So there's a, there's a give and take where if you've dedicated yourself to playing a game, you put the headphones in, sure. It's not as like optimal as playing at home. Um, but at least you get to maybe give it the time that it deserves versus having the comfort of your own home no crowds you play it as well as you want to but at the same time like this demo is not when we talk about these demos they're not the typical demo like these are slices of these games that are purposefully made for these for these um games conferences so it's it's complex and you feel for the people who are making them you're like what an impossible task you've got to sell your game you've got to portray the essence of it and get people excited about it but the environment plays a factor in it as far as like what people will take away from it. So yeah. Like what do you, what do you really do with that? Think, I mean, think about like what you're saying, like even I hear what you're saying about a, a, an environment like where we're downloading things. I I, I don't think that they do those well either. Um, When you do something, when you do something like steam next fest, I'm sorry. Like there's too many games. That's there's what I mean. Many, there, there's, there's too many demos. Like, how am I supposed to choose what to play? And I mean, that, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a, that's a, that's a, maybe it's a me problem. But if if you have 150 games to choose from, and like to me, like 80 of them look interesting, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna say I'm mm-hmm. trying none of them. You know, really, Same. because, you know, put out five at a time over the, you know, every week for a year or whatever. Like that's a, like figure out a different way because this is not gonna, this is not working. Like mm-hmm. you putting 50 demos out at a time for me to download and try and giving me a week to do it isn't. It's just not the way. So uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is. I'm, you know, people are getting paid a lot more money than than I am that actually work in the business to do this stuff, you know. And uh, you know, I, I hope that there's some there's more thought given to this. Uh, it, both both in person where we're invested with our time and our and our and our butts to be there, and also um, at home when I'm sitting on my on my couch and downloading things. I think I think um, you know the the nature of trade fairs per se, and I mean uh, let's be honest, I don't really enjoy trade fairs. Uh, uh, let me let me change that a little bit. Um, I've been involved with trade fairs because I used to work for press, and coming to Germany, um, one of my first employers was actually uh, the third biggest trade fair, which is here in Düsseldorf, where I, where I live worldwide, right? So um, I used to do tons of work for them so trading with their staff so once i once i become became self-employed 
I did a lot of intercultural training and, 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 and communication skills training uh, with their staff together with, and this was a, a, a wonderful benefit, um, uh, interview a lot of the um, exhibitors, uh, depending on the trade fair. So not only gaming, because Dusseldorf doesn't do gaming, so Cologne uh, has the, so their competitors, right? Dusseldorf and Cologne are, are close to each other. Um, and so the, 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 the press gets an amazing treatment, right? So me just having that press pass and, and having the luxury to, to interview a lot of the exhibitors, um, the time that they spend with you, you mm-hmm. get the real pure VIP treatment. And then there is the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Because what is it's, it's to... got to be like a hundred to one ratio almost uh, exactly. like how much press versus how many people are there yeah big time exactly exactly so so the way that we experience the product or the service that is offered is totally totally different yeah and I think that the um, the gap between press and crowd or you know, private visitors. Um, that that needs to be shortened in some way. That that specific that specific distance. And I think that is the that is the challenge. And I don't think that the trade fair per se in open space in dealing with um, um, you know how they're going to communicate. I mean, you know, to be honest, you know, some of those stands, depending on who the exhibitor is, we it it, it doesn't cost hundreds of thousands. It's close to a million. Right, if you want a big stand wow. and something like that, so marketing budget is, you know, it's extremely expensive. THQ um, stand was the biggest. It was unbelievable. THQ yeah. was, yeah, yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah. So, and they spend a a bucket load of money, right, just to just to be there and and kind of have that brand. The whole thing of, you know, what does it take for the right light stand construction? You can imagine it goes into. The hundreds of thousands, the high hundreds of thousands of, of dollars or euros, if you're if you're in Europe, um, and so I think that the role that the trade fair has, and I and I do believe that Gamescom is not changing yet. They're just glad that they're kind of going back into the way that things used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nature of trade fairs, the way that we actually show product, the way that we engage with an audience, that needs to be rethought because the business model per se is not going to be sustainable, right? The next corona right. or the next new virus is around the corner. And we all know that the trade fair industry was one of the industries that truly suffered because of corona, because people couldn't gather. There were so many restrictions. And so we need to find a, a, a more innovative way. And I think part of the element, what you're saying, Sean, is going to be part of it, right? The fact yeah. that we need to engage with the end user in a much more intimate way than we ever thought we needed to in the past. And how we solve that, how we do that, um, you know, maybe new technology helps us uh, do that. Um, so I don't think it's the end of the trade fair, but it's the it's the end of that, uh, you know, space just to buy space to engage mm-hmm. with, um, you know, whoever the audience is. I think that is gone. I think the, yeah. the, 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 the distance or the various ways of dealing with press and consumer, that needs to perhaps be a bit more uniform be a bit more closer together. Um, yeah, uh, and for me, sorry, my, my time is too mm. precious to sit in the line for four or five hours right. to play five or ten minutes of the game. Sorry. Well, yeah, well, sorry. well, I mean, even look at even look at who's there. Like, look at the emphasis that the companies themselves are putting on it. Sony was not at the show mm. at all. Um, yeah. You know, like, 
Nintendo wasn't at the show outside of a few like random things here and they're like they were their presence was incredibly small the biggest exhibitor like in terms of name was xbox but i think that the biggest presence there was uh the embracer embracer groups stuff yeah. um you know they they had a blowout for you know aew um that, that wrestling game i guess they had one for uh um like a full wrestling ring there um they had a gigantic <laughs> oh screen a demo showing outcast 2 um liza p had a gigantic booth you know spongebob was was big there like all of their stuff they were like the biggest like exhibitor there and so you think about that like it used to be the big three and mm-hmm. now it's it's thq thq nordic like what do you think about that like to to, to me it's almost like it, it is representative of this the video game space in the industry just expanding where maybe the big three are off to something else and it leaves this giant event for maybe others to to make mm-hmm. their mark so it like there could be an element here there's definitely some some doomsday kind of chat about it and some thoughts i think but but when you put it that way it's like well isn't that great actually that mm-hmm. that instead of splatoon taking care of like or taking dominating a giant uh physical space there where we all know what splatoon is and doesn't even need that and maybe that's where nintendo is thinking now something mm-hmm. else can kind of take that space and give it prominence I wonder. I guess the the payoff has to has to be there as well, and the, the stakes have never been higher. The costs have never been higher, um, but the whole industry as a whole is is expanding. I think this might be maybe a sign of that to put a positive spin on it. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right to some degree. I I think that the bigger companies have found that they don't need to like engage in this way to communicate with their customers, and the smaller companies, you know, are, are saying, well, if you're not gonna take the 300,000 people on the ground we will right you know right and so and i think that's a, i think that i think that is a good thing and you know i just, i hope it shifts even more where where there's mm-hmm. not a, where there's not an embracer with 125 development studios where it's where it's just the show of you know real small you know right double a kind of things double a mm-hmm. and smaller the, the small stuff where where they can actually shine with 300,000 bodies there because you know what people are going to show up you know people are going to show up to games come whether whether you know sony's there or not and it's you know like that's like what i was wondering mm-hmm. yeah because sony sony is the big thing here in europe and it's weird being like someone who primarily plays you know on xbox and nintendo but um they them not being there didn't impact the the show at all like in Absolutely any way right. and uh so um, you know and i have a lot to think about you know say about sony and their way that they communicate anyway but uh you know like yeah. their styles change quite a bit um but if they don't feel the need to be there you know, I guess I don't feel the need for them to be there either, and neither do you know three hundred thousand other people. Wow. So, yeah, I don't. I hope it shifts in a good way. Uh, I like I like the positive outlook though. That's good. I mean, so something that maybe you don't know, and in, in Düsseldorf, so the the town where, where I'm probably closest to. So we just, I just live outside of Düsseldorf. Used to live in Düsseldorf um, um, since coming to Europe for most of my life. Um. Well, at least not my time in Germany. So Düsseldorf has the biggest Japanese community in the whole of Europe. So um, there are streets and there are specific um, um, sections within the city uh, that are totally Japanese. Right? That's awesome. Uh, with regards to... <laughs> That's so cool. So, I didn't know uh, that. Uh, uh, so they're like a major Japanese garden and they have like the Japanese New Year celebration here, which is huge with all cities invited to. And they have a, 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 a very, very big presence. Um, but to come to come back, something that um, uh, Josh said a, a little bit earlier. 
we need to seriously be wiser with regards to as 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 publishers as game publishers wiser with regards to to marketing and really um sketch out what is actually the journey of the end user with mm-hmm. regards to how they engage with our products and what are the moments of connection and what i say you know the moments of love and and you know, love where where love can be built and can be expressed and can be seen, and trade fairs have missed that point, right? Uh, we need to get over the point of waiting in the queue. I know we accept it, but waiting in a queue for four or five hours, or you know, um, uh, Josh, your experience with wanting to play some indie games, putting your headphones on and not having the space to actually concentrate and be engaged with the product—that is something that they need to figure out already on the drawing board, knowing that if these are the conditions, how can we actually ensure that uh, the end user has the best possible experience when coming in contact with a product? And they have not done their homework. They've just mm. used classical media that's available to them. Um, and and it needs some sort of rethinking and reinvention. Uh, we've moved on from that, right? So... Marketing should not be done as in the past with a shotgun approach. Well, Sorry. I'm curious on the yeah. the numbers of Gamescom really kind of blow me away. As as far as like you talk about hundreds of thousands of people, this is a orders of magnitude larger than than E3. And I love having this conversation centered around it because E3 so often gets the chitter chatter and and in some ways drives the direction of how we promote or as consumers how we consume the um the marketing of these things so it's interesting on a number scale because i think the volume of people who pile on into gamescom can tell us quite a lot about exactly what we're chatting about here Mm -hmm. and there's going to be different kind of like segments or strata of people and their engagement of it you're going to get different types of things out of an event like gamescom there are going to be the people who have no problem with waiting four hours in line to play the game that they want to play and they're going to it's almost like the whales in um in free-to-play games where like those they basically like carry the ship they they, they're the reason that those things kind of still exist and i think that there's an element of that with gamescom and i think maybe to evolve the level of thinking here michael it's like not necessarily throwing the baby out with the bathwater, which is i think what we're chatting about here e3 it's like get rid of it like lay out the sticks of dynamite and blow it up and i'm frustrated by that it's a very i don't know maybe this is the difference between north america and europe where we're just like it sucks. Throw it out. It's it's completely awful. Where I'm hearing you talk about this is a little bit more. Let's iterate upon kind of what we have. Let's do a little bit of that homework and and evolve it. But I don't get the sense that Gamescom is going anywhere. Where I look at E3, very similar, maybe the North American version of it, and it's like that thing is barely hanging on. And I wonder if it's just a matter of perspective on the the people who surround it and who attend these things. I don't know if that resonates with you at all and it is kind of the reverse perspective watching us all self-implode and talk about e3 as if it, it should be gone and you're on the other side of the pond kind of thinking like really gamescom's great i think i think you're totally you're totally right the, the fact is you know are the normal event organizers thinking outside of the box thinking mm-hmm. what how do we need to structure this in order to still be relevant in 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. think that the world is changing. 
right? I think that uh, I think uh, the war in the Ukraine has shown us that you know the the whole supply chain has been interrupted, and I think that you know trade fairs are not unaffected by it. To be totally to be totally mm-hmm. um, I'm honest, um, yeah. And so it needs that. I think the, the the new blood, the new thinking. It needs the the new generations to come in. And to be honest, right, if I look at how my daughter interacts with game and how she, yeah, uh, you know, gets her information, it's very, she's a 12 year old, right? It's very different from me as a, as a 50, almost 55 year old. It's very different from Josh as a, I think Josh, I'm sorry, 37, 38, but somewhere there, right? 38. Almost, 38. There you go. Yeah, 84. <laughs> uh, <they're... laughs> um, and, and we need to, you know, involve the younger generation with regards to, how do they communicate? How do they engage? Yeah. How do they find their information? And and how can trade fairs, you know, still be relevant considering this is the this is how information is 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 gotten by the next generations because there needs to be mm-hmm. some some bridge to that. Um, nobody is that's saying the that. Journey. Yeah? No, Exa- nobody is exactly. addressing who that who the actual target audience exactly. here is. So Everybody's doing a marketer. Things, mm-hmm. Exactly, we're just doing the things the way they'd be used to, that's and the so old funny. classical way. And it's, it, for me, it's no, it's yeah, Gamescom is great, but a lot of things. You know, I'm not saying. I mean, Josh, please don't misunderstand me. Um, I don't think doing things for a quick buck is the way to go anymore. Yeah. Sorry. Right. right? Um, and, and I think that we need to also, as exhibitors, a, a trade fair needs to engage with exhibitors in a different way than saying, here's a space, here's electricity, uh, do what you want within the square meter that's available. Good luck to you. Goodbye. Because that's mm-hmm. basically how it works, right? Uh, and there needs to be a different uh, sort of relationship. So you're saying you're saying that making a quick buck shouldn't be everything. So you you would say that raising your your hardware by fifty dollars two years oh, into dang. a generation. Well, well, there we go. <laughs> yeah, it really is two years. That's the thing that's so crazy about PlayStation. It's like this is we've been in this for a while. I continue to forget how far along. Maybe the pandemic has something to do with my perception of time but yeah like we these aren't brand new consoles anymore maybe the the lack of supply also plays into it feels like they just came out but they mm. they've they've been out for a bit so very interesting well you guys i am i want to turn the corner as we start to close out here but i you know we talked a lot about the kind of the essence of and the importance of, of gamescom um maybe we'll close out by talking about some of your your favorite moments as maybe as challenging as part of it was that josh maybe i'll throw it back over to you like what are your key takeaways from Gamescom? I saw tons of great pictures. It sounds like you guys, it seems like you guys had an absolute blast of a time together, but let, yeah, maybe we'll close out by some of your highlights. Uh, tips for Gamescom, bring uh, your own drinks because you'll end up paying, you know, five euro for a, for a 20 or 500 uh, milliliters uh, soda. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. And uh, make sure that we, um, I would probably bring your own food too. Uh, although we did, Michael and I and Bree shared some some good falafels, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, com- you know, comfortable shoes and all that. As far you know, it's just typical trade show stuff for that. But like, as far as takeaways go, um, I'm glad I went. Yeah. But I'm but I'm not glad I went because it's Gamescom. Sure, it's nice to check it off the list. Um, it was more nice, and I mean this bottom of my heart. See, Michael, um, that's the highlight. 
and Aww. and uh and i told i i told him this you know when brie was doing something or other she's looking for popcorn or something and now I, I told him i said you know it's i i say weird things and uh you know some people get uncomfortable because you know i i, I can be you know pretty pointed and, and and emotional with some of the things i say but um you know i'm at the point of my life where i i think like we need to spend time with people that we love and we care about and we need to say that we love and, and care about mm-hmm. those people before it's too late. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of love for Michael. He's like my, he's like my big brother. And, you know, I got mm-hmm. the same for, for Marcus and for, for, for Matt and for everyone, you know, for the, for these, for my, for my friends here. Um, you know, and I want them to know, like, I want everyone to know anyone that listens to this, you know, I, I love these guys and, you know, they're my brothers and, and as weird as that comes, like when you get a chance to see somebody, I don't care. I, I don't care how, you know, how, you know, as long as it's not going to put your family in the, you know, in the, you know, on the brink, get there and, yeah, and look at, look them in their eyes, man. And tell them that, you know, tell them that you care about them and tell them, you know, and be real with them. And like, I'm, I'm like the games or whatever. Michael and I could have went and hung out at a subway. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I could have hung out with this dude for for twelve hours at a subway. When yeah. we had to leave, it sucked. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like this sucks. You got to pop on a train, and you know we got to drive two hours home. Like this sucks. Like I don't, I don't want to go yeah. because I just want to hang out with this guy. And uh, won't be the last time. I won't be. It won't be. Yeah, but so. but as far as games, like I mean, to, to take it on a more, on a more lighthearted note, the the best games to me, like I said, I was really excited to see Pentiment. I was nice. surprised. I was surprised to see that um, the buzz around Lies of P, because um, I didn't watch Opening Night Live. Uh, Neither did I. Yeah, but there was. Yeah, the, I have no idea. Was... Like you guys are actually like my correspondents. Yeah. Like I have no idea what happened at Gamescom. Like at all. Yeah, there, like, there, was there was a lot of hype. <laughs> there was a lot of hype around that game. That the show. Like everyone has seemed really, really. Um, the, the game seemed to be popping. And uh, the surprise of the show for me actually. Um, was a game I was telling Michael about uh, called Outcast 2. Now, Outcast was an old PC game I played with my brother-in-law way back when. Um, we used to buy like you know a 24 case of Dr Pepper or Mountain Dew, and uh, we we you know get a bag of Doritos, Gamer Fuel, and yeah. we sit there and uh, <laughs> and we we play games. And so Outcast yeah. One was one of them, and it was this really like it's it's it is the definition of double A. Um, very yeah. much uh, like it, it. It's like it's like Assassin's Creed before Assassin's Creed, where it didn't like hold your hand, right? Mm-hmm. And this game, you know, they they remade it for the Xbox One and PS4, and now this is the sequel. Um, they had a giant screen. It must have been like what a hundred and fifty foot screen there with the game playing like all the time. It looked good. Like it. it well, let, let, let me rephrase it before before it gets too hype. It looked like uh, it looked bio. It looked um Biomutant good. So you know, before you actually played Biomutant. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's I what it looks like. Yeah, so okay. um, I, I'm, I'm expecting that quality of game. So it's gonna have its flaws, just like the first one did. But if yeah. you go in, you might you might find something you love. And I was shocked at like that was the most shocking game of how it actually looked. Um, yeah. How about you, Michael? I, I, I can only but uh, but second that. Um, so first of all, as as Josh said, I mean, the reason that I went to Gamescom on a Friday. Because I would have gone on a Saturday because uh, we had World War Three at home because my daughter is school on a Friday. And she said, <laughs> you're going to Gamescom without me. How could you? Blah, 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 blah. So thank you, Josh, for accompanying me at least to the to the merch hall where I could get some T-shirts for my little one to, to say, hey, you weren't at Gamescom, but I, Daddy bought you or something. 
I wish so, I could have got you. We wish you could have got her that uh, that Tifa statue, man. That was, uh, that probably. was the goal. Yeah. Uh, so she's a Final Fantasy fan, big time, and she wanted a statue of Tifa, and uh, so we waited in queue, fortunately not that long, uh, to go and get the statue. But uh, it unfortunately was sold out as we got in. So anyway, Tifa is very popular. So guys, grab a Tifa if you want to, if Tifa is your kind of thing. So um, it is for my daughter. Um, so the one. Sean, the one thing that I wanted to see was a little bit of Humble Games because there's a game I'm very excited about. Uh, and uh, so after after spending some time in the indie um, hall, we went to Hall 8, uh, where Humble Game had a corner, and I was very excited to see Moonscars. Uh, Ghost Song looked amazing on screen, I must say. And I was Come very... Su- game Pass. Yeah, exactly. And I was very surprised. Um, I wasn't going to give infinite guitar a chance but infinite guitar looks really fun what's um, that one i don't know that one so i think infinite guitar is a, a little bit of an adventure game and i think your your boss battles have to do like the old um what is it uh, rock guitar playing is like you know uh what was it uh, uh josh the the game that we that we spoke about hellsinger hell hellsinger oh, so oh that game is to, awesome uh, exactly yes. uh, you have to hit specific nodes to kind of yeah. you know beat the boss kind of thing, um, and it really looked fresh. It looked incredibly colorful and and uh, quirky on screen. So I was really happy about that. But Go Song was perhaps the one that surprised me the mm, most. It's gorgeous. Yeah, uh, it uh, color color wise, uh, really really great. And I think close to uh, Pentiment was a game that's very similar uh, from Microsoft called, uh, and I think it's Microsoft. Uh, uh, Josh helped me there. Inculinati. Oh um, in, in, yeah, it was like Inclinati or something. It looked yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure which one is better, but they they kind of look very familiar with regards to um uh, you know the whole look and feel and uh, the way the way it plays. What was that game, Michael? It was something Porcupine that looked a lot like Night in the Woods. I did, yeah, it did. So there was, there was some, a Porcupine, something, something Adventures of Porcupine, or Porcupine on something. So mm-hmm. so funny, but the character that they showed was not a Porcupine, so we had a big laugh. Uh, mm. So they showed, a, I don't know, a beaver or something. So oh, that's not a porcupine. Um, so that... <laughs> maybe it's an errant translation, right? So maybe Germans understand, a, I don't know, they see a different animal when they hear the word porcupine. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, uh, uh, the, the last case of Benedict Fox, uh, we went to the Microsoft oh, yeah. uh, game. Uh, uh, we saw... Uh, the Lies of P, which unfortunately I didn't want to wait in queue to play for, uh, but that had a, a lot of exposure. Really looks great. Um, the game that Josh that uh, we briefly looked at was Planet of Lana, if you remember. Yep, uh, looks amazing. That really looks amazing. Um, I think it's it was also at the Microsoft stand. Uh, the yeah, Night Witch snagging up a lot. The with, with yeah. that, I mean, all that humble stuff's coming to Game Pass. Like they they are. They are building uh, quite a, a library of those of those kinds of indie games. Those really like beautiful, um, you know, the artful escape looking kind of games. They're just, I mean, Planet Alana, uh, Moon Scars. You know, they just they just look phenomenal. They look like mm-hmm. they play great and visceral. And um, yeah, man, it's uh, I, I almost hate to use the word visceral. It's a weird word to use about video games, but hey, <laughs> uh, they're they're building a great library, and I think it's cool like to see. You know, like we, yeah. Mike, sorry, I don't mean to. I'm just excited. It's it's cool. Go ahead, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, then uh, uh, Team 17, uh, the Night Witch, uh, they showed uh, the Serpent Rogue, uh, which we really, really looked good. Uh, we didn't stay. There was an after show party at, at night for, for Metal Hellsinger, where they would have mm-hmm. individual uh, or different rock bands, I think, that actually play play the music oh, or no give the music uh, in the game that we're going to have live uh, concerts. So you know, we also missed a pro. We also missed a wrestling match. They were gonna have like uh, some two A and A and AEW wrestlers there to do like a exhibition match. <laughs> so it's wild. The other one was Plion was there with a System Shock. Uh, the the System Shock redo. I don't think it's a remaster. I think it's a redo. No, mm-hmm. I never played the original one. So it's one of the things that's on my backlog, like you know, forever. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe I w- I want to get into some system shocks. Uh, Sega was there with uh, Sonic Frontiers, Ooh. Not game, but Sonic mm-hmm. Frontiers was there for those who who wanted. Uh, in I'm Big so style. intrigued. I don't know if I'm a day one on that one, but it's like it's mm-hmm. it's got my attention in some sort of weird train fire <laughs> disaster. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's that's a red boxer gameplay game. Too, uh, yeah, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll be watching it. Yeah. And then for those who have, I mean, my little one watches a lot of anime, so so unfortunately, anime games also kind of wander on our on our, onto our consoles that they use here. Um, Demon Slayer, Soul Hackers Two, which I think uh, you guys know is is, uh, is uh, one that uh, is getting a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Callisto Protocol, um, uh, which we didn't play, but I think we 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 could see a demo on. Um, that had a big presence. That, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think uh, Joe's uh, bad bits. I think biggest. Uh, <laughs> well, there's biggest there's two one, things. Right? Since you brought up bad bit, there's two things I want to jump on before we, before we let you okay. guys go. Number one, uh, Josh Pentiment. If you were to guess on Open Critic, what what Pentiment is going to get? Just you know, in case I was um, curious about that. Like, what do you, what do you think? What are we talking about here? I I think that the art style is going to be divisive, and I don't. I think it's going to be an incredible game, but I think it's going to probably it's it's not a game it's not oh, a gamey no. game, right? So I think it's going to be like a <laughs> high seventies to like low eighties. I would say 77, 78. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> but but okay. but but I think what I saw there and what I the little bit that I played even in that environment, it's incredibly unique. It, mm-hmm. it the writing seems very very like clever. Um, it's like playing a no, it's like playing a painting like it is exactly what it like it looks like it's like playing a painting and um i don't know man you you it's josh sawyer that dude knows yeah. how to write yeah and 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 i think you know like it's like an as dust falls where if you go into it without being like oh my gosh poo poo on this art style you're gonna find something good there mm-hmm. like i you're gonna find something i think it, it's gonna yeah. it's gonna be you know people keep saying microsoft has no games this year no, they have, pen, they have they they have Pentiment, you know they have, they have Pentiment. It's it, I think it's going to be a lot better, and I think a couple of years from now, you know, when people look back on this this game, that's not, you know, it's not a hardcore game. It's you know, it's, it can be played by anybody, is what they're saying. And so, 
Interesting. Yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be a, a cool thing. And we got a pin, so you know, they, they just let, well, there just you go. While you're bought, you know, they, 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 so they, like, they bought me, yeah, with a, with a pin. <laughs> exactly. That's the way. That's the way it goes. So for anybody like I, um, Brian and I have picked up Pentiment in our in our fantasy critic league with uh, the trophy room and the Xbox Drive. So I'm kind of like I'm counting on that one as a bit of a dark horse. But I love the notion of a game being anticipated as being underrated and something mm. that in the future we can look back and go like we'll probably gain a, a better appreciation for this um Adele, a delroy back checkers game it'll be a Del- yeah, well, game. there yeah. you go yeah you better yeah. be there sean <laughs> oh man I, I i yeah i think this is maybe the this is the salvation that i've been looking for is the back trackers uh yeah. the other thing that i wanted to ask you guys about before we let you go is um uh, michael the callisto protocol is absolutely getting delayed out of 2023 and going to be a big fat zero for those dumb dumb <laughs> trophy room right that's how it's, that's how it's going to go down <laughs> let's give see. me some confidence i think it's probably coming out <laughs> it's like they they, 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 they like double down on that date didn't they, they they're like yeah no it's december or whatever third or something like that at this point, I'd be I'd be more shocked to see God of War get a slight delay than uh, than Callisto Protocol. That's getting delayed think... too. Everything's getting delayed. Everything the bad bit picked, it's all getting yeah, delayed. Twenty twenty three. If I say it's all getting it's delayed, I'll get one race. of them right. It's, it's, sure, it's such a close race. It's so close. We message all the time so about close. it. And it's getting a little oh, intense, no. so I didn't oh, no. didn't anticipate oh, no. this. But um, the what, the last game that I just may, maybe want to mention, which might seriously be a a a, a dark horse. Um, it's not my type of game. But Disney Dreamlight Valley, I think yes. it's going to have a, a big following, right? Yes. Um, and it was uh, featured prominently as well. And I can just imagine, I can just imagine it's going to have a huge following. So I think that's Game Pass as well. Is that, am I making that yeah. up in I my head? I think it is, it's yeah. I think it is. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm going to so, have to put some unironic time into that one, I think. Yeah. It looks really good. <laughs> you guys, you have, man, we've kind of, we, we covered the gamut today um talking about games and backtrackers and community and content creation and friendship and all of the different things i am so grateful that you guys have connected you found each other through video games and discord and then you actually got to meet i couldn't agree more josh with the notion of if you have the possibility of like going to meet somebody be safe of course Mm. um but you know take that moment, especially before it's too late. That really, really resonated with me. Mm. Nothing is guaranteed. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Um, So love making the most of every moment that we have. You guys are incredible. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? You guys don't really have a podcast or anything, but do you you want to make yourself known out there, Michael? You're mainly in the Discord, I think. Uh, you can reach me uh, on the Discord, but you know, Drellish has been a game that I, I don't know, that was given to me back in the 90s when I played some AD&D. So if you want to email me, you're welcome to email me at drellish at gmail.com. Quite nice. easy. So, um, and otherwise, find me um, on the Discord. So please feel free to it. interact. Um, eventually, I might reply immediately, but eventually I will reply. So, um, you know, no message will go unanswered, but don't spam me. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt that no message will go unreplied, yeah, Michael. That's awesome. Good. And very Josh, good. second time on on the show. Great to have you back, my friend. Thanks for thanks, thanks. just everything that you do with the backtrackers. You guys put obviously just a tremendous amount of heart and thought into it. You're keeping the community and the group in mind. You're demonst- You're just leading by example on a number of different ways. And I'm forever grateful to you. Do you want to let everybody know where they can find you and message you or ask you questions or any of that stuff? Sure. Um, you know, obviously the, the discord is, um, I'm Delroy in the discord and, uh, 
I think I can't remember what's my Twitter. I think it's at Hop Hop Doxy Gaming. I think I go by on my on my Twitter and I post you know dumb food pictures and pictures of cereal and various travels <laughs> that we've done. So it's not really a gaming thing, but if you want to you you want to give me a holler, I, I'm I'm there too. And you know who knows? Uh, maybe, maybe Michael and I will start a will start a, a podcast about about uh, German and an American in our in our in our hijinks here. So oh, yeah, there I you see go. It. Right, <laughs> I can see it definitely. Absolutely. Well, don't skip out on that um, cereal-centric content. I think the world needs a little bit more, <laughs> more cereal stuff. Maybe it's an Fruit, Instagram Fruit thing. I'm not Fruit sure. Loops, that's where it's oh, at. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> oh man, I skipped over a cereal. We haven't had a good cereal topic in a long time. You guys um, from Canada over to Germany, thank you so much. This has been so much fun to chat with you. And Michael, you are we're having you back. We're going to have a, a classic solo uh, episode because we've That'd got be great. We've got about four hours of stuff to talk about. We have lots about, of history to catch up yes, on. Yes, so. <laughs> yes, we certainly do. Um, thank you guys so much. This has been an absolute blast to hang out with you today. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thanks, Josh. 